0: G'day and welcome to the In The Know, On The Go podcast, produced by Humans of Agriculture. Our podcast is designed to get you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's just, well, bloody easy to understand. Think of me as a friend, I, that is learning with you as we discover and chat about the topics from farm to fork and even beyond. This week, the boys are back in town. Tomah and Mick are in the big smoke of Sydney, sitting down with... Probably not allowed to give away who their guest is, anyway... I'm in the room. If you haven't seen what Tom and Mick are up to, you can watch a little bit of the characters that they are walking around the city in their big hats. But they are sitting down for what could be, well, their fourth or fifth edition of the monthly markets. They can't really count. We haven't had enough of them yet. So we'll give them five. It could be four. But Tomo, over to you, mate.
1: Welcome, everybody. Episode 5 of the Monthly Markets with Tom and Mick.
2: We just decided it was 4.
1: No, no, we'll stick with 5. It sounds better. I'm Tom Ruckyard, as always, joined by our steam colleague, trell Mick. What's happening, mate?
2: T truck. How you going, Tomo? In Sydney this, this week, mate? It's good to be
1: in Sydney. It's a lot warmer than orange.
2: Yeah, not as good as Tamworth, but that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Exciting show this week. Miguel Sanchez, what have we got on? So this week... Uh, alter ego by the name of Clark Kent. If you've lived in the regional towns of Wolka, Morey, Narrabri or Inverell or Armidale, you probably know this bloke and in, and a heavy hitter in the corporate ag world. Um, we've got Kieran O'Gorman joining us this, this week. He's a hard running, hard hitting centre um, who's played rugby for the Rams, the Wee Bulls, the Blue Boars, the Highlanders, and St Albies. Um, Joe Boy. And he's a Joe boy, uh, and he's renowned for getting through the hard work in and around the rock. Um, Kieran O'Gorman, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Tom. Uh, thanks to Humans Bag for having me on the show. Appreciate it. That's a an overblown introduction. Is that the best one you've had? By far and away the best I've ever had. It's embarrassing. Is, is that what? You I, was a, I was a back rower, not a centre either. Just for the record. Really? Someone told you, tell me you're a centre. Back row, i turned into a hooker by the end of the career. Uh, that blowout, that happens. Um, yeah, the
2: blowout. It's weird you don't have the same body shape or looks as Tom when Tom was a hooker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Cog, can you kick off? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and what you do at Stocko.
3: So upon leaving university um, at UNA, I joined uh, NAB Agribusiness to start my, I guess, my career in agribusiness outside the farm gate. Had six years with NAB Agribusiness, then I've been really lucky to work in some, um, some great organisations, including NAB Agribusiness. Since that time, now been with Stockco in my role as a general manager of partnerships and distribution for four weeks, uh, as at today.
2: What does that mean?
3: Good question. I'm very much still trying to work that out myself, but. Uh, I've got a lot to learn. So stockco uh, we're a livestock financier. We'd like to think of ourselves as the, the leader in livestock finance here in Australia and New Zealand. That's all we do. We only do livestock finance. We don't do anything else. And the model that we have developed or that the business has developed, we rely very heavily on our distribution partners, service providers, who are, in many instances, agents located across Australia. And I've been really lucky, I guess, in my career in a number of different roles to work closely with the agency network across Australia and you know, I love that, that part of this role. So being the general manager of partnerships and distribution, I work very closely with our agency network and with our distributors across Australia. Our aim is to grow the business and grow the book from where it is today and our agents and our distributors are play, will play a massive role in that and I'd like to continue to develop those relationships, strengthen those relationships, look for new opportunities Potentially look at new products down the track as well.
2: Outside of agents, who are your distributors?
3: We work with a number of brokers, independent farm, like rural advisors as well. That probably, that's probably covers 90, 95% of them, I suppose, 99% of them, yeah. Based in Sydney? Yeah, so based down here, our head office is in Brisbane, where the majority of our staff are located in Brisbane and in Queensland. We have a number of staff that work remotely from different parts of Queensland and commute into the office two, three, four days a week. Then we've got rural livestock managers who are based uh, regionally. So we've got one in central Queensland, uh, one in southern New South Wales, uh, Western Districts, Victoria, and we've got a new starter starting with us in South Australia next week which is really exciting as well so i work really closely with those uh those team members on the ground as well as what we refer to as our agribusiness finance managers as well our afms who are sort of spread across the
1: you mentioned you've been on the road a little bit what have you been where have you been how's it all looking and yeah
2: and what and what have you been doing
3: well, I guess I've really been trying to make sure I've met as many people as I can, I guess, and, and make sure I can put a face to a name and everyone knows who I am and I know who, who all our partners are and all our, our clients as well. So that's kind of been my focus over the last four weeks, is to spend as much time in the car and, and on a plane as I can. So I've uh, done a couple of trips out to central west New South Wales, northwest uh, New South Wales southern Queensland, southeast New South Wales, was in northwest New South Wales last week. You didn't come through Orange and not tell me? I did actually, yeah, had a had a night in Orange, sorry Tom, back to Orange next week for a quick trip. Look forward to not seeing you.
2: <laughs> How would you say the mood in the camp's been in those areas, you, you know, seasonally and, and market?
3: Yeah, there's definitely a mixed bag and there's certainly optimism in some parts of the country and it Unfortunately, it all seems to, well, fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, our markets really reflect the rainfall and, and seasonal conditions here in, on the East Coast. That, in my opinion, is 90% of what drives, drives our market here, maybe, maybe even 95% of what drives the market. And, and markets are a reflection of sentiment. And at the moment, the sentiment is not great. I think the dry years that we came through in 17 and 18, rightly so, have left a very powerful memory for people to deal with. And the long-term forecasts are probably supporting that maybe where we're headed again. I personally am probably a little bit more optimistic and we've certainly got a number of clients that are lucky enough to be in areas where there are, they're experiencing really good seasonal conditions. So, you know, North Queensland, Western Queensland, some of the best seasons they've ever had. Central Queensland, not too bad. You get down to Roma and South East Queensland, very ordinary. Northwest New South Wales, ordinary Central West, parts of those Central West regions are looking not too bad. South East New South Wales, there's pockets down there that are, again, having some of the best seasons they've had on record. Same again in Victoria. I know the Mallee country was very dry. They received a good drink of rain out of that last change that came through. Yeah, parts of Victoria are very wet. So it really depends on where you are and I guess what your appetite for risk is and, and how much trust you place in long-term forecasts, I suppose, is, is what's driving the market. At the moment, for sure.
2: Did you make a stop into Gaduga, out of interest?
3: I did. Yeah, I spent a night in Gaduga. Plenty of dry feed out there, but it, you know they've had a couple of very good seasons, and I guess people in that country know that it's it's marginal country, and you can't count on it every year. And you know it's certainly looking dry and starting to get cold out there again. a yeah, Bit of an inside joke. Why don't you share with the World Wide web?
2: Why? Yeah, and obviously the son of a famous, well-renowned cattle buyer, Mick Gorman. What would Mick think of the, the quality of cattle that uh, Gorman Pastoral has been running out of Gadooga?
3: Oh, I think I stayed true to form actually. They were picked up in ones and twos and threes and fours over the period of a couple of months last year. Thought they were purchased pretty cheap at the time they were very cheap and unfortunately just like most people in the market at the moment they're, uh, they're very dear and uh, there's no way out other than a quick exit and We'll deal with the pain and hopefully get back into the market at some time. Can't be scared of opportunity, Kieran. That's it, Tom. You've got to have a go. But I guess I certainly don't want to make light of the situation that, you know, we've got a lot of clients that are going through that at the moment. And it's a really difficult situation to be in. But again, all of our clients are are really aware of, you know, that's a risk with trading and that's a risk with markets. And I guess we're, you know, I feel really lucky to be working in an organisation like Stockco. You know, that's the game we're in. And we're here to support our clients through those trades and, and that's exactly the conversation we're having with, with our clients on the ground now. So
2: Yeah, cool. And then I suppose if we kick it into a positive gear and get into the sales pitch, so to speak, focusing on Stock Co and you know, there's some, probably some opportunities around, what products do you offer at Stock Co and at what rates do you offer?
3: So we have two main livestock finance products that we offer. One is a short-term trading product, which is up to 12 months. And the other is what we refer to as our breeder product, which is probably a little less subscribed to, predominantly do trading finance. So trading finance is very simply, we, we offer 100% of the invoice amount of an animal. And the primary clearance for that initial purchase is the sale of that animal based on the presumption and the assumption that it's going to be worth more in the future than it is, than it is now. Generally, we receive the funds from the agent or from a processor or a feedlotter less any fees and charges, levies. We then deduct the initial capital cost of that animal plus any finance charges accrued over the period of the trade. And then we send the balance of the funds back to the producer. It's a bailment product, so that we actually take ownership and we take security over those animals as opposed to it being a loan product. Something we'll hopefully look at in the future is a loan product. So Stockco last year uh, were purchased by a New Zealand banking organisation uh, by the name of Heartland Group, who have got a really strong and a really great reputation in New Zealand in a number of different alternative markets, I suppose. And I guess we're really excited and feel really lucky to have their backing at the moment and and hopefully in the future that backing will allow us to look at some loan products in the future, I think. Uh, So that's, sorry, the the short-term product with regards to rates. They're really anywhere from sort of 12 to 14 is a rough range of interest rates. And that is determined on a case-by-case basis on the strength of the producer, the asset, management experience, infrastructure, track record, I guess normal criteria that you would look at, you know, that any lender would, would look at. The interest rates are the same from a breeder to a trader product. The breeder product allows a longer term of that capital. And generally how it works is we look for a 25% repayment on the original purchase price every year. So giving a producer four years to pay for a breeding animal, theoretically using offspring or progeny of that animal to repay that 25% plus a one-off finance cost every year. So at the end of the four years, they own the animal uh, unencumbered and debt-free. That can be paid out at any time, can be paid out early for any penalty. Across both products, there's no fee, There's no charges and extra hidden fees. We only charge a finance cost. There's no fees associated with it. And again, early payouts, there's no penalty. Uh, clients can, pay, can choose to pay those facilities or pay those stock out on a per head basis from cash flow at any time, if they wish.
1: Hey, it's Nick here, Sheep Farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council Member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community, so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. Now, as we touch on, there's pretty volatile markets at the moment. Do you see opportunity in the market at the moment?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think encouragingly, again, markets are a reflection, in my opinion, of sentiment and what is being seen on a broader term. And in the last two weeks we've certainly seen the volume of invoices being funded increase. So, you know, if, if I look at that example alone, that tells me that there's some confidence in the market that we may be hitting uh, we may be hitting the bottom. And I'm probably speaking specifically about cattle markets here. My experience in sheep and land markets is is minimal.
2: Sorry, not, is that what that hat says? <laughs> <laughs> is stock weighted towards sheep or cattle? Sound of
3: interest? No, we don't have a preference for either. It's very much what suits each individual producer and their operation and where their experience lies. Again, a trading product is a 12 month product, and so if you can get in and out of a wiener in a 12 month period, which generally speaking, seasons permitting most people do, then it's a very good. Cattle trading product, and we've got a lot of. I don't actually know what the weighting is on our book, whether it's more sheep or cattle. I don't know those. Don't know those details. But Tom, getting back to your question, I don't actually. I don't spend as much time in the market, and only being new to the business. But speaking with a few of our partners and agents over the last few weeks. Given the climate and the outlook that we're looking in, a lot of the opportunities are being seen in that, in that weight gain trade. So anything that's at a feeder weight now, stepping out of that and stepping back into to a lighter animal around, you know, between 250 to 300 kilos under that feeder weight, you're stepping out of a feeder at... Mid-threes somewhere, Mick, is that where feeder prices are roughly at the moment? Mid to low threes? Yep. And you can step back into the market. You know, in many markets, you can step back into a 250 to 280 kilo animal you know, anywhere or somewhere around that 270, 280 cents. And therefore, you haven't got to put too much weight on that animal to get it again to a feeder product if the season does turn really south. I think you're in a much better position and that's probably where a lot of our clients are seeing an opportunity now if they do have feed in front of them to dive into the market. Certainly, and again, it's really easy for me to say that sitting here in Sydney, but yeah, we believe there's a lot of good opportunities in the market. And I think our producers do and our clients and our agents do as well. It's just managing the risk of taking that opportunity on with the feed that they've got in the paddock and what potentially falls out of the sky in the next three or four months, really, which is, I guess that's a seasonal risk that people weigh up every year. And then
2: I suppose, you know, for a cocky sitting at home, if we focus on the finance side of things, can you give us an overview of what impacts the price of money that you guys are lending out? You know, like are you directly affected by the RBA, rate rises, you know, you mentioned it comes back to a certain extent about the strength of your client. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're certainly not immune to an inflationary environment and, and the rising cost of funds. We're the same as any other, any other financier. But in saying that, you know, again, we're in a really strong position at the moment, being backed and owned by the Heartland Group. In the last, well, since May 22, I think the number is, I think we're at 4%, is 400 basis points, is, is where the cash rate's gone. We've only just recently raised our rates across the book, only in the last month by just up to 1% across the book. So we've, you know, effectively we've soaked up 3% there that we haven't had to pass on, which, again, we're in a really strong position to be able to do that, which is great. So, yeah, the cash rate does affect our cost of funds. And I guess... Getting back to your question, how we manage that and where we see our strength is our ability to manage the risk of the underlying security being the animal. And that's potentially where we see ourselves differing from a traditional funder or from the big four banks. You know, we have a little bit more comfort, I guess, in our opinion, as to how we manage that underlying security. And again, we rely very heavily on our network to help with that. And therefore, you know, particularly at the moment with the cost of bank funding climbing, we think we're increasingly in a strong position to offer a really good alternative to producers, for sure.
2: And then as a business, do you guys have a position on where interest rates are going? You know, do you think, have we nearly hit the top? Are we going to see it taper off? What's your sort of play?
3: Oh, look, I'm not an economist and I'm certainly not an analyst. My opinion is that there's a couple more rate rises out there and that, Inflation is still going to be an issue here in Australia, maybe driven more so on the supply side than anything else. Will that affect our cost of funds? Look, I can't say categorically whether it will or whether it won't. Again, I still think we're in a really strong position, and we've been able to we've been able to shield our clients from some of that increase or from a large part of that increase over the last twelve to eighteen months. And I think we'll be able to do the same, hopefully, in the future. Does that answer that question? Certainly does.
2: Yeah, that's a tick from me. Focusing on stock co you know, against some of the other lenders out in the market, you know, do you see Stockco as an evolution, as this is the way forward with offering money to the market?
3: No, I certainly wouldn't say evolution. Well, yeah, we see ourselves working really closely with traditional lenders and with the big four. Yeah, we'd like to see ourselves as just a part of the team that can help a client out, and if we can help them out, then we'd certainly like to do so. And again, with the Heartland Group backing us now, They've built a a really good business and a really strong reputation in New Zealand and we like to think that we operate in markets where we are the best or the only and hence why Heartland Group decided to back Stockco. And so with that in mind, we certainly don't see ourselves trying to compete head to head in a traditional space with the incumbent lenders in Australia. Heartland Group have done some really, uh, they operate in a couple of really diverse markets in New Zealand. And, you know, we think that potentially in the future we may be in a position to look at other markets here in Australia, but for the time being, we're really focused on what we do, which is livestock, and we still think there's a massive opportunity to be captured in that space, and that's, that's where our focus lies at the moment for sure.
2: On those other markets, like, do you think that could extend into forward grain sales or other, other ag Markets? Where do you see the opportunity?
3: No, not at this point in time, Mick. There's lots of people that play in that space, and and they do it really well, and it's certainly not our strength. And I don't think we'd be stepping into that space anytime soon. Very political answer. Look forward to hearing more on that front. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, a bit of a lot of
1: stuff. Something we do like to ask everyone: <laughs> What bull or ram breed a, and why?
3: Well. Just full disclosure for the listeners, I did have access to these two specific questions prior to the interview, so (laughs) I put a bit of thought into it. Uh, What bull? I think I'd be a a black baldy bull.
2: Just getting a bit silvery?
3: Missed the cut and uh, (laughs) yeah, probably should have been cold and made it through and now thriving.
2: You would be the top bull of the Millamarra sale, I reckon. Yeah,
1: you're real tough on yourself, (laughs) aren't you? Black baldy bull,
3: yeah. (laughs)
2: Mate, uh, moving on to the EKI, where do you think it'll be at Christmas if it's currently sitting around five sixty nine?
3: Uh look, again, I'm not an analyst by any stretch of the imagination, but I think I'm an optimist, and I think there's lots of lots of strong underlying positivity in, particularly in international markets, that will strengthen, you know, my case to say that I think an EKI around seven hundred cents by December is not unachievable at all. You know, again, the ECI is is so highly influenced by climatic conditions and seasonal conditions here in Australia and a 50 cent swing in the Ecke in 10 days is, you know, that's not out of the ordinary either. So that's not a groundbreaking prediction, but I, I believe we're somewhere near the bottom at the moment and that if we get some kind of average season going forward, I think it can strengthen up to that level between now and then for sure. Trade lamb indicator, it's currently sitting around uh, 604, 605. Tom, I couldn't actually answer that question. Tom can probably answer it for you. You'd, you'd have a much, yeah, I've zero experience in sheep and lambs, to be honest. What did you add? 130
1: cents on the uh, on the Karaneki, so we'll just do that on on the trade lamb.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, take a stand, Tom. <laughs> 7,
1: 735, you reckon? Good from you, Kieran. Positive for those traders.
3: No comment on the lamb index.
1: Uh, we're getting into sort of our
3: quicker, fast questions. What cut of steak are you and why? Again, I did do a little research on this one prior. I think I would refer to myself as a flank steak. When I googled flank steak prior to this today, it says a flank steak is relatively tough, low in fat, inexpensive, no trimming needed and benefits greatly from marination. <laughs> did
2: you hear that? I'm not coughing that, eh? Tough and low
1: in fat. mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: For those listeners that don't know Kieran, he's, he's cut from stone, he's an Adonis. This one's a Tom Rookyard question. Are you a hanky man, yes or no?
3: Absolutely, yes. Don't leave home without one. Good man. Sauce in the pantry or the fridge? Uh, pantry. All sauces, pantry.
2: Yeah, Even the mayonnaise, I guess.
1: Mayonnaise
3: is in
2: the fridge. <laughs> that's weird. Uh sunbody or a Cobra?
3: A
1: Cobra. Chips and salad or veg and mash? Chips and salad. Miguel, you got anything else?
2: I reckon that'll do us, Tomo.
1: That was really fun. Kiss. thank you for your time. Appreciate it.
3: No, uh, thanks very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and it's good to catch up again with both of you. And, yeah, thanks for to Humans of Ag for the opportunity.
2: Pleasure. You'll, uh, probably the next career will be politics in New England, I reckon, for your local member. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plenty of competition up that way. Thanks, man. fellas. Back to you, all. Well, that's it for another episode from us here at Humans of Agriculture. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts, and, well, if you're not... Let us know. Hit us up at hello at humansofagriculture.com. Get in touch with any guest recommendations, topics, or things you'd like us to talk and get curious about. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Rate, subscribe, review it. Any feedback is absolutely awesome and we really do well from it. So look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay sane. We'll see you next time. See ya.